Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is The Savage Nation. If I were redoing the uh, citizenship test in America, it would include questions about uh, rock and roll from the 50s and 60s. And if the uh, alleged or the would-be citizen didn't know who the Beach Boys were, they would fail. That, that's as simple as that. They don't know who George Washington is, Thomas Jefferson. They don't know anything except how to cash a welfare check or, or get a food stamp. That they know before they even get here. They get that in their own home language. 73 languages around the world, thanks to Nancy Pelosi and company. But here we are on Friday. It's Rock and Roll Friday. And this is your last chance, by the way, to be call screened by Chris Potter, who has uh, been filling in this week. Chris, is <laughs> this is true. Uh, Jim Verde, who's normally the call screener, is on the board running the show. So we have a great fill-in guy, Chris Potter, another man with a lot of years in radio. This has been a good week for me because older guys have been in the radio many years. And you have to love radio to be in radio this many years. No one does it for the money. They do it because they love the medium. And uh, Chris will not be here after today. So if you want to be screened today... By the great Chris Potter, you've got to dial 855-400-SAVAGE, 855-400-7282, before the lines are so jammed up just to hear Chris Potter saying, what do you want to say to Michael? (laughs) The guys are sitting there in Dallas, and I see them on a screen in my home studio here in uh, beautiful San Francisco, and there they are. They're freezing because the air conditioning is so turned down, they can't get the people to turn it back up to like any level of normalcy. It's like sitting in a meat locker. It's like me going into Moshe's Butcher Store in South Fallsburg uh, in the summertime in an overcoat to make sure he wasn't substituting chopped meat for a steak. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, guys, hang in there. People will be calling, I promise you. So I got an email, you see, and it's open mic to mic today. Uh, I did some sterling shows. Everyone's talking about them. Yesterday's show in particular was extremely energetic. The uh, coup against Trump exposed... All of these shows are on my podcasts, by the way. They're permanently encoded there. Yesterday's show was the coup against Trump exposed. Wednesday was a big, big show, Meanest Moms, tied into uh, uh, Adam Schiff's mother. Everyone said, how did you figure that out? How did you break the code on how to insult them and get them crazy and tie it into Mean Moms? I said, it's simple. He must have had a mean mom to have turned turned out a guy like that. On uh, Tuesday, we did a Don Trump Jr. interview. And on uh, Monday, family massacre in Texas. That was Tuesday, right? Terrible, terrible, terrible uh, story. So we're going to play a little of that and uh, all of the news of the day. And there's some news of the day, but I I would rather not get into every little detail and rivulet about the impeachment thing. You know, I was thinking about on my bicycle today, what is the average person, do they really care about this? All they see is a politic, uh, uh, excuse me, all they see is a party out of power trying to bring down a party that's in power by attacking the leader. That's all they see. They don't even know the ins and outs of it. If you ask any man in America, except those in the in crowd in talk radio or the news, what is this impeachment about? What are they getting Trump on? Nobody would know the answer. You see, the country is at peace right now. The economy is booming. That's all anyone cares about. In case you don't know it, the average person cares about peace and prosperity. 
They don't care about backbiting and lies one way or the other. The average person doesn't know the first thing about impeachment, nor what they're going after the president for. They scratch their head. What did he actually do? I never had it so good. I have a new car. My house is being paid for every month. I have a job. What do they want from the guy? We're not at war. My son isn't fighting overseas. What do they want from this guy? Then you have the cuckoo clocks chirping away. They're going to tax everyone to death. In order to make the economy better, they're going to destroy it. In order to make the economy better in America, we're going to destroy it. And we're going to start by going after the most successful people to prove that success fails in America. That's the, that's the campaign slogans of every last one of them. We're going to attack success to prove that success fails. And we're going to put failure policies in place to prove that failure fails again. People are not buying it. So guess who comes out of the woodwork? Michael Bloomberg. Now, let me tell you something. You know and I know that I could get more votes than Michael Bloomberg, and I'm not running for anything. I can guarantee you, if I had any desire to run and I wanted to have raised money, which I don't, I could get more votes than Michael Bloomberg. So why does a guy like Michael Bloomberg, who's a wealthy guy, who's achieved a lot in his life, built an amazing company, why is he running for office at this stage of his life when he doesn't need the money? What does he need here? Well, he knows he's not going to win. He's no, he knows Trump will beat him if he does win as a damn. What's he doing? Getting a little acclaim. Just running for that golden torch for a few seconds to have a little light shine in his little face. It's as simple as that. So, again, it's all about ego, not about policies. And here's another thing, people, that I know you haven't forgotten. Everyone keeps saying, if Trump can win, I can win. That's why you get idiots like Pete Buttigieg, uh, whoever his name is, all of them. Nobody's. Zeros, the guy from New Jersey, Cory Booker. Nobody, zeros, Kamala Harris, who, who couldn't tell True North if you gave her a compass. The reason all of these nobodies are running is they still haven't figured out how Trump won. Now, as a man who was credited with his victory, you could say you're not the only one, and I'm certainly not. The voters are the people who decided. However, long before you knew Trump as a candidate, uh, I had him on the show going back to 2015. I took a long time to think about it, and having watched the campaign, I thought he was the only one who had the guts and the vitriol to defeat the enemy, in the, the enemies in the Democrat Party, and he did. So I, I bet on a winner. Slate magazine, leftist magazine, called me the godfather of Trumpomania. For better or for worse, blame me or hate me. That's what they said. I didn't say it. Donald Trump himself put his arm around me shortly after, win shortly after winning. I was at Mar-a-Lago. I think it was in December of that year. I, I went over there. I'm not sure. And um, I went up to him as he came in, and he put his arm around me and bellowed, without this man, I wouldn't be president. That was a proud moment in my life. Now, why did Trump win? Trump won because he had a message. What was the message that Donald Trump had? He had a primary message. I'm going to stop the flood of immigrants coming into this country, which he has not done, but you can't blame him for that. You can blame Nancy Pelosi for that because they live off the greed, graft, and votes of the, of the, of the illegal aliens. He said, I'm going to stop the flood of immigrants coming into America. Number two, I'm going to stop the flood of Muslims in particular coming into America. And he didn't say all Muslims. He said Muslims coming from countries that produce a high number of terrorists. I looked into this. This is a fact. That's primarily what Trump was selling, was a control of the flood 
of immigrants coming into America because all of us have had it up to our, our, our eyeballs. Right now, even liberals in liberal cities are saying enough is enough. Do you know that? Even liberals in liberal cities are saying no to sanctuary city status. They know that they're being engulfed by a foreign invasion. I don't care whether they say it or not. That's what's happening, and that's what they sense. They're being made, they're nullified in their own nation. They're being nullified in their own nation. They don't even hear English being spoken anywhere. They're starting to feel like strangers in a strange land. So getting back to the election, Trump won because he had a message. He had a message. The message was, I'm going to control the immigration flood. Then we gambled on the fact that he's a businessman and he wasn't a politician or, God forbid, a lawyer, no less. Another lawyer. Just what we need is another lawyer in politics or in the media. Another lawyer in the media is just what the world's been waiting for. Okay, another, a trained liar they need in the media or a trained liar in the White House. No, they figured he's a businessman. He's gruff and uh, maybe he'll straighten out the economy. And he did. So they gambled on him and on some levels they won on the economy. On some levels, they have not yet won. No wall. The flood of immigrants is terrible, higher than ever. Can't blame him for it entirely. But again, getting back to my main point, he ran on a message. And the message was very close to the messaging I have been putting out for years of uh, a putative nationalism, borders, language, culture. He didn't use those words. But according to Steve Bannon, who was on the show last week, when I met Steve sometime last year, we had a meeting for the first time, I'd never met him. He told me point blank, and I don't think he would deny it, that we took your books, we took down the, board, the speaking points, and we gave them to him, and he ran on them over the years. So I'm very proud to tell you that I, the unknown talk show host, the man you never see on television, the man who is, is reviled, uh, particularly by television uh, stations, for reasons I'll never understand other than I can give you some reasons, but let's just say for commercial reasons I'm not seen on television. I belong on radio anyway. I prefer it. I think it's a medium for expressing ideas because you're not concerned about lights in your eyes or how you look. It's a more pure form of communication than television is. I didn't say that there aren't great people in television. There are. But it's easier if you're a pure idea man to, be, to express them through radio than it is through TV. That's, it is for me anyway. TV's a very tough medium. So here we are, the man who no one ever sees or hear, hears from, Michael Savage, helped elect the president. So where does that leave me today? I'm going to help reelect the president. Exactly what I intend to do from right, right now through November. That's all I can say to you. And I hope that we are successful again. But the primary point of this message from today's show is that None of the idiots who is running has a message other than hating Trump. The Democrats hate Trump and hate success. That's their message. If you made money, we hate you. If you built a business, we'll take it from you. If you're happy, we'll make you sad. That's my message. Vote for me. Uh, none of them have ever, ever created a business or a product anyone needed except Bloomberg. Bloomberg can't win for a number of reasons. He has no message, none whatsoever. I'll tell you who could have won if they didn't destroy him. I was thinking about it yesterday. The guy from Starbucks, even though he's a leftist, he is a businessman who created a whole enterprise, an empire of coffee shops, and he knows what business is. He would have been a good president for them, a good, a good candidate for the presidency on the Democrat side, but they made sure that a pro-business guy like Schultz didn't run because he would have shown the others for what they are, naked communists, outright naked racist communists, every last one of them. 
And I don't think the American people want a racist communist in the White House, by the way. As much as they may not love Trump because of the hatred of the media. The hatred of the media, I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. And I've been watching politics since I'm 18. It's as though they do it without thinking anymore. It's a reflexive action. Every story from every one of these losers in the media is anti-Trump. So I found the quote for you about this by uh, none other than George Washington in 1792, and I put it up on michaelsavage.com. Here it is. If the government and the officers of it are to be the constant theme for newspaper abuse, it will be impossible, I conceive, for any man living to manage the helm or to keep the machine together, unquote. That's George Washington in 1792. Let me repeat it again for those of you who are brain-addled from drug usage. If the government and the officers of it are to be the constant theme for newspaper abuse, it will be impossible, I conceive, for any man living to manage the helm or to keep the machine together, George Washington, 1792. Now, that was before CNN. That's before the degenerates who run that network were born of... Uh, of, uh, well, let's stop right there. It's a family show. And that's before the vermin came along in the television world. And that quote is found on michaelsavage.com as well as all the other stories I hope to get to today. Again, if you care to be screened by Chris Potter before he leaves the show, it's his last... <laughs> he doesn't believe I'm making him a show topic. Okay, I won't do it anymore. But the phone number is 855 4 But I got you laughing. Both of these guys are now laughing. They're happy. It's Friday. They deserve a, a little laughter, right? You know, this is a very rough business. My first program director said to me when I come out sweating after a three-hour show, I said, this is really a tough business. He said, it's like a contact sport, Michael. If you do it right, you should walk out sweating and exhausted. And I did for many, many years. I'll be right back. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a Purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're, you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at-home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84 Text S-A-V-A-G-E 
to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Turn it off. You know, I don't care anymore about rock and roll. They all misled America, led us into a hall of hell. They should all be put into a hall of hell. What are they, role models for me? These degenerate drug addict bums? I don't know why we listen to them at all. I'm never going to do Rock and Roll Friday again now that I think about it. But I don't know. I did like it for many years. No more. I don't want to glorify. Well, maybe the 50s, they were a little different. But no, they were into drugs, sex, and rock and roll. So no, we can't. There's nothing wrong with drugs, sex, and rock and roll. But. Why make that the theme of a show? That's what I want to know. Why can't we use classical music? Because nobody would listen. That's all. What do you want to talk about? I don't, you know, these topics are driving me crazy. Look what I have here to read today. You think I really want to read this garbage, even though I picked them all? Transgender agenda fought by unlikely alliance, radical feminists and conservative women joining together against the transgender uh, agenda. Okay, like I care less. It's not possible to care less. Armored vehicle accompanies homeland security operation in Queens. And that's my problem. And here is the new Harvard. You know, all the immigrants want their children to go to Harvard, whether it's a drug dealer from Columbia or a mass murderer from Uganda. They all want their sons and daughters to go to Harvard like they're going to come out somehow smelling like roses and have a guaranteed future. Here is what they're teaching at Harvard. Harvard hosts anal sex 101, oral sex 101, and fat phobia workshops. Once you let the degenerates into the university, they take it over. They've taken it over. They've destroyed Harvard. Do I have to repeat that for you? I think that pretty much said exactly what I think. Biennials, biennial. What's, you know, no one's come up with that phrase that I just slipped up. I heard a millennial, but does anyone come up with biennials? What is a biennial? Well, if I were to define it, it would be a bisexual millennial, a biennial. And I'd like to hear, are there, are there any biennials out there listening? <laughs> a slip of the tongue. Are there any biennials out there? That would make you a millennial who's a bisexual conservative. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Computer systems and cars, well, they're everywhere, from electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays, to sensors, but all this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. Are you, are you following me now? These computers are very difficult to replace. They're expensive. What are you going to do if one of them breaks down? You're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Why I'm telling you to get CarShield. They have affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. And you get to choose your plan, your favorite mechanic or dealership, to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. By the way, they also give you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed absolutely free. This company, CarShield, has over a million customers. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, you need to get covered by CarShield today. Just call CarShield, how? 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, mention code SAVAGE, or visit carshield.com, code SAVAGE. You'll save 10%. But more than that, you're going to get covered for all of these dangerous and costly expenses. That's carshield.com, code SAVAGE, a deductible may apply. 
rock and roll. All right, I, I've uh, I've gone back on my pledge. I'm going to play 50s rock and roll for a while because many of you love Rock and Roll Friday. I wish I owned a garage. Uh, sometimes I wish that I had a garage with like 20 cars in it and a few mechanics. I don't mean like oil change garage. I mean like a classic car garage. And I could hang out in the garage and just hang out with like mechanics after work. You know what's so honest is people who could actually make things and do things. I, I watch car shows at night sometimes when I'm bored of everything else. I see these guys, they can fabricate pieces of cars out of metal. It's amazing to me. And they are the hardcore of America. These are the guys with those ugly beards, you know, that type of guy. They look like, you know, crack salesmen on the side. Uh, whatever the channel is where they do car shows. I forget, it's 754 out here. I like to watch them. Some of them I like, some I don't. I like they can make things. They fabricate stuff out of metal. These are the guys who can make guns if we need it. Like, in other words, if you know what I'm saying? If we ever needed guns, we'd go to those guys who can make them out of... Where do they get the metal from? They can, like, melt down a, a furnace and turn it into a howitzer. But I don't know. I mean, I can do the basics. I grew up learning how to do points and plugs. That was it. I'm probably one of the few people in the world that knows how to change spark plugs in an old V8 engine. Points and plugs. We don't even have that anymore. Now it's electronic ignition. I can change a water hose. <laughs> I, can, I can drop the oil out of a crankcase. I don't do any of that. But it used to be fun getting greasy, getting your hands dirty. I think only the people who get their hands dirty know what America really is, wherever that is. The rest live up in their heads, in, their, in the clouds. Boy, if this all crashes, oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. I was watching a, a, a military channel last night. I've seen this before, which was the U.S. Marines at the Chosin Reservoir facing the communist Chinese. And, you know, you see these guys in their 80s or 90s who fought there. And these were Marines who fought there in the toughest of battles. And you see them breaking up thinking of men who died 50, 60 years ago. And if you're not moved by it, I mean, don't watch these shows. I am because they inspire me not only with their bravery, but with their ability to have emotion. They don't have to pretend they have no emotion. They're still broken up inside over the loss of friends in combat. And I watch these men wearing the wrong clothing for a winter battle in, in, uh, in the Chosin Reservoir area of Korea in the 50s. Oh, it's ancient history. Do you think that there are many men today who would be drafted, who could fight in that sub-zero cold without winter clothing against hordes of human waves of Chinese coming at them with fixed bayonets after an artillery attack? I don't see how we could ever fight a land war again. We all love our special forces. We all love our fighting men. But we love it from a vantage point of a warm living room, stuffing our faces with some kind of sugary or alcoholic delight. How many men in this country could ever face that again? Which is why we have to use the weapons that we have so cleverly developed. One of the advantages of having an advanced society is advanced weaponry. And the, our problem is, is that we don't have leaders willing to use advanced weaponry when it's necessary. We have the, the technology but not the guts to use these weapons. Uh, it's just a thought I'm saying because we can never win a land war. But when you think that China also has weapons equal to ours, if that becomes the game, the war is already over if you're playing chess. There any one? Take a look at the economy. Everything you touch is made in China. Some, I don't know what's not made in China any, anymore. Probably the pizza I ate last night, some of it was made in China. I don't know what part of it. Something must have been made in China. Anyway, just musings about life. 
101 here on the Savage Nation. So what do you want me to do? I put something else up on my Twitter feed of me on the Air Force One thing of the menu. And I did it for a reason. A, to show off to the world that I'm not so insignificant after all. In other words, you never hear me on this show, that show. You don't see me. But there's a reason the president had me on his plane. And here's what I wrote. Dear President Trump, only in America can the son of a poor immigrant rise to be given the great gift of meeting with and flying on Air Force One with the most down-to-earth and honest president in U.S. history. Thank you for this great honor, Michael Savage. And I mean those words, and I'm repeating those words. Do you know any other president in history? And I used to get so pissed off at George Bush. Do you know why? Because I knew he was a country club Republican. I knew that he was a middle-of-the-roader. I knew he didn't believe in anything I believed in. And I knew it most when his wife, Laura Bush, ran this book program, a library program, and here I was at that time, the most pronouncedly well-known conservative author in America, and they never, ever referred to me once, and they never had me in the White House. They had the water carrier in there, yes. The golfer was in there and his minions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the golfer was in there. I wasn't, and it got me angry because, look, it's all about, you know, it's all about politics at the end of the day. As in, what's politics about? Money. You added up, what's politics? It's about money and power, and there's nothing else. It's not about ideology so much, except for the diehard communists. For them, it's ideology, which, again, it's about power. They see it as a method to bring, bring down the opposition by appealing to the common man through demagoguery. That's all. I have so much sound to play. I don't even know where to begin. we got callers. Let me take a quick call and a piece of sound coming up your way, served with cheesecake today on the Savage Nation. A very big special, cherry cheesecake and callers. Jeff on line two, you're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yeah, Mike, uh, I've been thinking about what you said before, about the time that you uh, just thought you'd do some cooking and bring uh, a whole bunch of Twitter followers. You did it again and doubled again. I sit and chewing on that. And I think what it is is that uh, you're an old world man and you got a lot of inflection in your voice that we really uh, were attracted to. So I'm thinking that maybe... Old, old world man, right. Well, right now you have people who are allegedly popular in radio who will not be here forever because people are on to them. Uh, many of them don't shave yet or they sound like uh, Mickey Mouse on Laughing Gas. I don't have any idea why they're popular at all. Well, they're not, really. Why would anyone listen to someone who sounds like Mickey Mouse on Laughing Gas? Well, they're not. But the thing is, you've got good inflection in your voice. We can tell how educated you are, and there's not many people like that anymore. So what I'm thinking here... After certain, it was like weeks that you talked about. A couple weeks ago, you talked about this. If you were to take your voice and your intellect, your intelligence, and the inflection in your voice, and start these audio books for very important documents in our, our, our nation's history, like the Constitution, the federal Federalist Papers. I hear what you're saying. In other words, take a mature voice with authority like mine, and I should record the important documents and put them on an audio file, right? Yes, and then take it to the next level, perhaps, where you talk about what this really means. Because sometimes some of this old uh, language doesn't really far away. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like reading the Bible. I read the Old Testament and I interpret it as I read it because the language is very stogy and people don't even understand the grammar of it. Yeah, people... All right, you know what? Thank you. And I'm going to send you a gift right now, which is a free, a free download of my event, Michael Savage Live, from last week. That's a nice idea. There's so many things that a person could do. But... You know, at the end of the day, it's all about marketing. How many people are actually going to listen to me reading the Constitution? 
when you have people already made fortunes on reading the Constitution like they or their grandfather wrote it. They don't need me. I mean, I have people on radio who wrote the Constitution. They know people on radio. They don't even know the people who wrote the Constitution. They think that the people who made fortunes reading the Constitution as though they wrote it are the originators of the Constitution. So why would I do it? I don't want to copy anybody's act. That's a great racket. Well, you can't beat a better, better racket than that. Just read the Constitution every day for five years and make everyone think you're a genius who wrote it. What could be better than that? It's fabulous. What a So here we are. Now, I got an email. I got an email from Breitbart, which is a great website, by the way. One of the best. One that you talk about. You talk about authenticity. Breitbart is about one of the most authentic websites. So there's a young fellow, Josh, who wants to interview me for a number of months, and we're going to do it on the phone tomorrow. And I finally said to him today, Josh, why is Breitbart interested in interviewing me? I don't even understand why. I'm certainly not the biggest radio host in the country. I didn't know what they're after. So he said this, we're at a critical time, not only in Trump's presidency, but in American history with impeachment mania. So who better to ask to make sense of everything than the person who understood the Trump phenomenon from day one and help propel it to the White House, okay? Then he says, moreover, you've called balls and strikes from the start of the Trump administration and your entire career in an environment where even minor criticism of the president could land conservatives in hot water. Breitbart readers want the unvarnished truth, and you give it to them every time. And he said, we'll ask you about current stuff like impeachment 2020, but also eager to hear your thoughts, predictions on the future of the West socially, culturally, etc. That's a tough one. The future of the West culturally and socially. Well, I can give you that answer right now. Uh, one of the delights I have every day is... Uh, reading the news before I do the show. And one of the, I go on the New York Toast every day, mainly to see the videos of people beating each other up in Popeye's restaurants or killing animals that are innocent. And I look at this, and here's the future of America. Popeye's racist jumped, over, jumped after N-word tirade over fries. There's the future of America right there, is people lining up in fast food joints beating each other up over French fries. Dad using baby as human shield gets tasered. Put the kid down. Fish with human face spotted swimming in a lake. That's an amazing one. I had a link that on my site. But uh, I look at these YouTubes and you see them, the videos that they have up there, and it's a snapshot of America that I don't even know exists. I never see this. Therapy Pony gives wheelchair-bound granny the ride of her life. You know, I have nothing against grannies in wheelchairs or about therapy ponies. I really don't want one sitting next to me on an airplane taking a crap, if you don't mind. I really do not want a therapy pony letting go on, a, on an airplane seat and being told it's a therapy horse, if you don't mind. That's not the world I want to live in, but there's, there's the future of America. Mother Bear pulls injured cub to safety. Mother Bear pulls injured cub to safety in heartbreaking footage. Breaks your heart. Breaks your heart. You realize I'm an animal guy. We have four dogs. When you see three bears pulling a cub hit by a car off the road, you come to realize two things. Every living creature wants to live. And every living animal has a consciousness, not just humans. Think about it. Home of borders, language, culture, the savage nation. Listen to this now. A new survey is out. It finds that a majority of U.S. adults can answer fewer than half the questions correctly on a digital knowledge ad. You hear this? Only three in ten adults knew how to spot if a website is encrypted, and nearly one in five adults aren't sure how to identify an example of 
two-factor authentication, an important way to protect personal information on sensitive accounts. Look, I'm trying to help you understand our connected world and about cyber criminals who will take what's yours if you're not careful. And again, I'm going to do the pitch. It's real. It's important. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number that could be stolen and put up for sale on the dark web. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. I want you to join now, and you'll get an extra 10% off your first year by using promo code SAVAGE simply by calling 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use promo code SAVAGE for that 10% off. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com, promo code SAVAGE. It is Rock and Roll Friday on the Savage Nation, and you're a 1,000 miles away, my audience. So last night on the Weather Channel, you see the uh, socialist communist Dems from hell went to talk about the climate, of which they know nothing. Bernie Sanders flunked every uh, science course he ever took, but he has a radical Green New Deal ready that was going to result, he said, in some very big job loss. Kamala Harris, who can't tell True North with a compass in her hand, warned millions of American energy workers that they will be forced to transition to other industries on their plan. She doesn't know which industries, what jobs. In other words, you're going to be fired and lose your job, but don't worry about it. You'll transition real well. Uh, your new job will be homeless in the streets of San Francisco. Cory Booker, being the naked moron that he is, told coal miners that under his agenda they can kiss their jobs goodbye. Elizabeth Warren, uh, who lives in universities her whole life, said she will destroy the entire fossil fuel industry in 15 years. And she will impose her views on other countries by blocking imports from those countries that do not meet her new communist environmental standards. So let's begin for a short soundbite from my favorite stooge, Bernie Sanders. I, I think we have to play clip 15 just for people's entertainment. Let's hear old Bernie. So what the issue is, you're saying, Bill, we're spending a lot of money. You're right. My plan is a very expensive plan. Sure. My plan will have a major Double impact down. on the economy. We think at the right, end of the right, day, right, right, it's going right, to create right. a whole lot of good-paying jobs. But the more wait, wait, important wait, let's point stop right there. Hold is Bernie, the Bernie, you lying seltzer man, you, you filthy bum. Don't get me started on Bernie Sanders. He destroyed America. Bernie Sanders is probably the single worst person in the history of American politics. Not him per se. He's unelectable. He's on. But he brainwashed people like Occasional Cortex, the half-human, half-donkey from New York, that girl. He brainwashed her into thinking that he is correct. My plan will have a major impact in the economy. We think at the end it's going to create. We think it's going to create a whole lot of good-paying jobs. What jobs, Bernie? Tell me what jobs. You're firing everybody in the energy industry. What jobs, Bernie? Tell me what jobs. You've never created a job, Bernie, except digging, dig, digging up opposition research on people who are better than you. What research? I mean, what jobs, Bernie? You understand these are communist academics who have never held a job produce the product or service that anyone ever needs, and you're going you're gonna to vote for them? No, which is why they're dragging up Blumenberg, or Blumenthal, whatever his name is. Blumenthal from New York. Blumenbergenthal. I don't know his name. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning. The Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is Rock and Roll Friday on The Savage Nation. It's Open Mic to Mike Friday, and again... This will be your last hour to be screened by Chris Potter, the uh, call screener extraordinaire, <laughs> filling in. One of my one of one of the guys is on vacation the last three days, so R- Jim Verdi, who usually you call, you got to go through poor Jim. He's running the show, and we have Chris Potter in, who's very experienced in radio, by the way, and he is awaiting your calls on open mic to mic rock and roll Friday at eight five five four eight seven two eight two. And uh, I put out a lot of topics in the first hour. Here's a new one. And don't call on this because there's nothing more to be added, honest to God. It's on michaelsavage.com. A friend of mine sent it to me during the break. Chicago is gun-free. Over 1,550 shot already this year. Maine can carry concealed firearms without a permit. Four years later, Maine is the safest state in the union. Tell me again how gun control works. Yeah, okay, yeah, tell me about it. It's interesting. It's factually 100% irrefutable. And it's the same with almost every other topic. However, when you're dealing with people who have no logic or reason, uh, it's impossible to have a discussion with them. And you want me to jump cut to the impeachment? It's exactly the same thing. There's There's nothing there. Now they're fabricating that he told the guy in Ukraine to make stuff up. He didn't say that. We heard the, the, uh, the transcript of it. He never said make up stuff. He said, we're going to give you $400 million in foreign aid for military weaponry. However, we want you to look into the corruption of Joe Biden's son. Now, tell me what's wrong with that. Wouldn't you as an American want a president to look into corruption in a nation that's going to receive $400 million in weapons? I certainly think so. But now they've turned this into a world-class scandal. And the average American could care less, which is why the Dems are failing. Look, even Willie Brown, a very skilled Democrat, has said impeachment's going to fail. They all said the same thing. They're desperate. They know that the candidates don't have a chance. Buttigieg, now, Buttigieg eating a, a, a crispy somewhere in Iowa. That's real presidential material. Where'd they get that schmuck from? South Bend, Indiana, he's going to run America. Who's going to... No one's going to vote for them. Nobody, none of them are presidential material. So they're bringing out Bloomberg. So you say, all right, at least Bloomberg's a billionaire who built a business, which he did. Yes, he did. So at least he's a businessman who understands business, which is a plus. That is a definite plus. The negatives are he's been on both sides of the aisle his whole life. I think most of them have, by the way. If you look back in their histories, they've all been Dems and Republicans, Republicans and Dems. (laughs) So that's a a game that they play. But what is Bloomberg promising us with regard to borders, language, and culture? Nothing. Bloomberg is a New York liberal. Open borders are his mantra. Low taxes, certainly, he wants because he's got plenty of money. So you want a flood of immigrants to work the, uh, the, the sweatshop jobs, in essence. And, uh, but don't tax me. So that, that's his thing. But in a way, he's better than all the others put together when you think about it, because at least he's not a naked uh, university communist. That's all. So we got some of that sound. Again, the phone number here is 855-497-282. Or if you are a biennial listening to the program, which I defined in the last hour as not a plant that blooms twice a year, but a bisexual millennial who is a conservative, which has to be an odd duck. 
I, I can't imagine there would be too many people like that in America. I don't know today. A biennial listening to the show, unless you're a potted plant of some kind. Uh, what's your topic? What do you care about? Harvard hosts anal sex 101, oral sex 101, and fat phobia workshops. Why would you send your child to Harvard? I sent my children to state schools. I knew they would have a better chance at a cleaner life than in the, the garbage can called Harvard. How many years have I told you they've gone from institutions of higher learning to institutions of lower living? Okay, I heard the applause in my head. I heard all of you applauding. What else did I say? Uh, millennials will get sick and die faster than the previous generation. Why? Why will they die early? Who came up with this now? Blue Cross Shield published a 32-page report detailing myriad ways millennials will see their health decline and healthcare costs sky. Again, healthcare we go. Why is everyone entitled to unlimited health care? Can you tell me where in the U.S. Constitution or the Bill of Rights it says you're entitled to have a specialist talk to you about every little thing that bothers you and run tens of thousands of dollars of tests and then get free medicine? Tell me where it's written that you, you're entitled to that. Where? Where'd you come up with that? Where'd you come up with that? I don't understand that. Why are you entitled to every kind of med medical care in the world? Why? That you don't have to pay for. I know people are out there listening to this show. Many of you, you know it. You know you're not entitled to what you get. You know you shouldn't have it. You know you're abusing the system. How many doctors a week do you see for free in this country with no co-payments? You want to get down and dirty with this? Healthcare is what's destroying America's economy. Healthcare will destroy us unless we rein it in. There's no way, there's no way any nation on earth can give people unlimited access to good doctors, good health care, and unlimited prescription drugs. It's impossible. The numbers don't work. Where is it written you're entitled to that? I don't understand that. Where, where is it written in the U.S. Constitution? You're entitled to the age of 85 to visit any specialist you want and have the nice, good-looking young man or woman listen to you complain about your problems. It hurts me a little here, but if I go like that, if I lean to the left, the killer gets me on the right. I, sometimes I lean here, and where does it hurt you, ma'am? Over here, and if I lean that way, over there. Uh, turn around, please, and bend over. How does that hurt? How does that hurt? Does that hurt? Yes, this hurts, that hurts. It touched me here. Oh, he touched me here. So then she goes to the next doctor. Then she goes on Wednesday, she goes to the neurologist. I looked into the thing and my eye twitched. And I was watching my favorite television show and my eye started to flitter. That's another $25,000 in care. Thursday, she goes to the therapist for something. Friday, she goes to another doctor for How does a society, you can't afford this, impossible. Now add the burden of illegal aliens coming in. These cockamamie crackpot Democrats want to give all of them free health care. How? How can we do this? The answer is we can't. It's how communists have destroyed nations before. And I will tell you again, you know, this is starting to sound like a campaign speech. Because I remember back in the 60s on a college campus, there was a doctor who was an outright communist who... Uh, told us all that the way Castro came to power in Cuba was promising free health care to the peasants. And they loved it. They thought they didn't vote for a communist. They voted for a guy promising them free health care. So now they're offering them free everything and to destroy every industry in the country that runs off fossil fuels. Now, here's the part of it that I don't quite understand, and I am trained in the sciences, but I can't actually, I, I'm trying to put two and two together. 
they're all saying that they're going to end fossil fuels and coal and all of that stuff to make the earth better and purer and all of that. Bernie's going to do it. Buttigieg is going to do it. Warren's going to do it. I actually despise them more than all of them. Uh, I think that Bernie's the most evil next to her. He's the most evil for having brainwashed people because they think he's a nice grandfather. But he's a naked communist. She's a horrible human being, a university, a university terrorist is what she looks like. She's unelectable, Warren. Unele Never mind the polls. She's not winning. She looks, as I said before, if you look back to the 70s, to the Beider-Mannhof gang in Germany, you know, that little communist cell that was kidnapping people and throwing them in trunks and killing them. She would be the type in the cell, in the commie cell, running the game, Elizabeth Warren. She'd be the mean-faced, the most vicious of all of them. She could eat a carbon sandwich while seeing people tortured to death. She could dine on a carbon burger. Now listen to Elizabeth Warren in clip 12. Listen to this nutcase. We should be saying, you want to get to the American market, then you've got to meet some basic standards for those manufactured goods that you want to sell over here. Like it or not, we are deeply intertwined around oh. this earth. And oh, shut we need the to hell up. Shut up! Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. This is a woman, college girl. Never held a job in her life, never produced a product or service that anyone has ever needed. But she's already, you want to get to the American market. She's never marketed a lollipop, but she's an expert in American markets. Then Buttigieg compares climate change to the moon landing. I've heard that before. But here's the part that I can't understand. They're going to end fracking. They're going to end uh, fossil fuels. They're going to end coal. Where is the energy going to come from? Can anyone explain to me where it all comes from? Okay, the sun, I get it. The sun the sun is going to fuel everything. How? How? Tell me how the sun is going to fuel everything. Can anyone explain that to me? Let's listen to Elizabeth. No, we heard her already. I can't hear her voice anymore. Let's, uh, I got to go back to Bernie. I'm sorry. Here's Bernie the liar in 16 about jobs, which he doesn't I'm not here to about. suggest that my plan is going to solve every problem. No. But my plan understands the severity of the crisis and acts boldly. And in the process, when we make a fundamental transition away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy, we create 20 million new Where? jobs. What jobs? There will be some job loss, but we create 20 million new jobs. What jobs, you, you lying slime, you piece of rotten salami, you? What jobs? Can't somebody shake that old man and say, stop the big lie. Just shut the hell up already. What new jobs? In what fields, you liar, you? The man never created a job in his life. What new jobs? Now, let's again go to where the energy is supposed to come from to enable you to drive a car, heat your house. We had a blackout here in Northern California two weeks ago. Everything went black. There wasn't any electricity coming into our homes. And you don't realize how dependent we are on the electric grid until you lose it. Nothing worked. Everything went bad in our refrigerators. We had to throw out frozen food, fresh food. Uh, nothing worked. Thank God the toilet still flushed. I thought they would fail as well because in some part of that system, the plumbing system runs off electricity. But the toilet still worked. But what would happen if the toilet stopped working and you couldn't heat your house, you couldn't make your house cool? Where would you get your energy from? In the future, you're going to have, what, solar panels on your roof in the winter that are going to generate enough energy to do what? Do you understand it's not feasible, it can't work? There's, this is all theoretical material. Oh, it sounds good to a child, 
that we're going to get rid of that car that goes by and lets off exhaust or the bus that chokes you. We all want a cleaner environment. But tell me what, what the cars are going to run on. I don't quite understand it. I'd love to see hydrogen cars. Wouldn't you love to see cars running on hydrogen or, or burning water? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, where's the energy going to come from? Every battery that is made in every car that runs off batteries is made in a factory. What generates the power for that factory? Fossil fuels. So in other words, even the battery that you're using in your sacred little Lexus uh, car, whatever, they're all driving around like they're better than everybody, cutting everybody off because they're superior to everybody. For a long while, it was the rotten, stinking Prius drivers who had the superior virtue of the oppressed. Now it's the schmucks driving that other brand. I don't know the name of it. I, I forget it. Terrible car. Terrible cars. What are they called? Tesla. Worst, worst car on the road. We had one. We got rid of it after six months. You couldn't read the instruments. You go blind looking at the dash. Uh, you could run a pet over in the, in, the, in, the, in the garage because no one knows if the car is running or not. At least with an automobile that makes noise, a, a dog will jump out of the way if he hears the car start up. This car runs you over. You don't even know you were killed. I got to take a break. Michael Savage, a host like no other. It is the Savage Nation Rock and Roll Friday. I'm trying to send out some good vibes into your head. You deserve it. With all the trash you had to listen to this week. Now they have the fake war hero, Vindeman. The great war hero testified. Marched him out with the, the medals on his chest. They know what the hell he was talking about. Mr. Vindeman, the, the war hero that they dug up. Looked like a deep plant to me that they've uh, activated, like uh, Timothy McVeigh. And during the campaign, if you, re if you actually read the transcripts of this war hero, v Vindeman, he admitted that Ukraine did not know about the aid being withheld, pages 135 and 36 of the transcript. Vindman, the war hero, admitted that the allegation that President Trump had a demand for Ukraine was based solely on his own opinion. He actually didn't hear it. Vindman admitted that he did not know what President Trump was thinking about Ukraine, page 177. It's unbelievable to me. The guy made the whole thing up. He was created, activated by the Democrat Party. He should have his medals stripped off his body for what he just did. That's not a war hero to me. How many times have I told you that we've had other, quote, war heroes who turned out to be traitors? You ever hear of them? You think that because they were a war hero once, they're not capable of treason tomorrow? This guy is a traitor. Mr. Vindeman, they marched out, the great Ukrainian war hero. But let's go back to the fossil fuels. What's this obsession with fossil fuels? It's a code word for something else. Steve... I think you're on to them in uh, line three. What do you think they're really up to? Uh, well, Mike, I'll, I'll tell you, the thing with me, just from an obvious, I don't know, just from me looking at it plainly, uh, if you get rid of fossil fuels, you incapacitate our military and destroy our economy. Bingo, you win the prize. I, you know, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that that's exactly the agenda of the communists. Of course, you can't fly an airplane, you can't drive a tank, you can't run a ship without fossil fuels. I see. How did I miss that, Steve? Well, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I read the Paris Climate Accord, and basically that is just a, a, it was a scam to soak the United States for money. A, a lot of countries got a free pass. I guess the United States was being punished for being the first in, one of the first industrialized countries or something. I don't know. Well, as I said before, and this, this is no slam against the French people, the last time France was great was during Napoleon's era, and they're still living off the fumes of Napoleon I. I don't know what France has done for the world since then. I mean, it's a lovely country and all that. 
the food is allegedly great. For my taste, it isn't. It's too much butter, too much salt, too much fat, too much foie gras. But nevertheless, each has to each his own. What has France given the world that anyone really can comment upon? What, a Peugeot? You know anyone who drives a Peugeot today? No. Well, I mean, thank, thank God. I'm joking, but really, I don't know what the French have to offer. The Paris, Paris Climate Accord sounds great, like it has some authenticity and power to it. What the hell does a Paris Climate Accord mean? It means tie up the hands and feet of the great giant America. But you are right, you win a prize. You win free pass, free access to SavageNationLive.com where you could see me performing for one hour straight, and Teddy is on the stage as well, as well as 100 patriots who came to see me. SavageNationLive.com. It's only up till November 30th, and it's removed, by the way. Great guest coming up. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Well, now we return to the crucifixion of an elected president called uh, these hearings in a secret room. I want you to think about this. The Democrats are holding secret hearings in a room that no one could get in except those invited. It says restricted area, no public or media access. This is in the United States of America. No cameras, no recording devices in this room permitted. This is what Pelosi has done to America. Well, finally, we had a break for democracy the other day when a reporter came up with the tweets of the lawyer, the CIA lawyer, for the so-called whistleblower. And we have him now on the show. We have the wonderful lawyer who found it, Greg Ray. Greg, welcome to the Savage Nation. Are you an attorney? Good evening. Greg, are you an attorney by by profession? I am, yes, sir. How did you find these old tweets from the CIA operative who is called a, a lawyer now. How did that happen? Well, about a month ago, um, a congressman uh, talked to us about his interactions with Mark um, and how surprising they were and how Mark was very, very personal, uh, seemed very, very unusual the way he was behaving for an attorney. I'm an attorney myself, and I agreed taking a look at some of these tweets. And so I decided, hey, you know, we should go back and look at what he's posted uh, in his past. And it, I'll say this. There's a whole other story here and why nobody else, uh, ABC, CNN, nobody else thought to look at this because it's all out in the open. Um, and really the question you should be asking me is why did it take me so long? Why did it take everybody else so long? Because it's out there in the open. It's really just post. No, but once you outed this this uh, guy, I forget, what was his name, the lawyer for the for the so-called whistleblower? I forget his name. Uh, Zaid? Zaid or Zaid? Once you outed him, he, he thought he was being very clever yesterday when he doubled down and said, yes, of course, I said, there's a coup. And I represent millions of people who think the same way I do. Well, as I said on the show yesterday, millions of people would like to rob a bank, but they don't do it. He broke the law, didn't he? Well, it's, it's remarkable because a coup, by definition, is, is an unlawful action against the government. So it's a little bit of a – I didn't quite understand what he was getting at. Uh, I think uh, – He's uh, the, the definition of a coup, as I understand it, in my, in my training, is, is it's illegal. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of interesting things about what Mark uh, is up to that, that we're now taking a look at with respect to his representation of his client. And that's the, the law is quite complicated, but there's a lot of potential issues there, starting with funding. I'll be honest with you. How, how is he getting um, a lot of the, the, the money to do this? Oh, you mean where is this lawyer for the so-called whistleblower getting his money from. 
I, that's a great question. I never thought about it. Where do you think it's coming from? Well, we know that some of it is coming from um, a GoFundMe page, um, which is completely untraceable. So we're looking at that, too. And there's a lot of, you know, anybody can donate to a GoFundMe page. Um, you can't really tell who it is unless you subpoena GoFundMe. Um, so it could even be it could even be Russia, for example. It, it could be uh, <laughs> Martians. Uh, I'm playing with games. It could be Russia. It could be Ukraine. It could be Saudi Arabia. We don't know where the money's coming from. We have no idea. And I think that raises, the, so it's not my area of expertise, so that's why we're looking at it, but it's something that raises a lot of questions as to a current former, you mentioned CIA lawyer, his client currently works for the intelligence community. So this is a, it raises interesting questions. Well, here's the part that interests me as well. This lawyer named Zaid, Z-A-I-D, was a CIA operative for many years. Then he went to law school, correct? Or was it the other way around? Yeah, he went to law school, I believe it was after. So he works for the CIA. Then he becomes an attorney. Then he becomes this crime buster, so he says. And then he's the lead man uh, in attacking President Trump and planning a coup, plotting a coup against the president. He's outed by you. You know, I'm saying you probably should get a, a, a Pulitzer Prize for what you did. Of course, we live in a twisted world where you won't. But this is one of the greatest coups I've ever seen that you pulled off on this guy who really wants to pull off a coup because you found out that he has been planning a coup a very long time. There are a lot of Republican members of Congress who I've spoken to who said, Greg, I'll be honest with you, when President Trump talked about the deep state, when President Trump talked about coups, I thought that was inappropriate language. And they said, once I saw that they, the representative for the whistleblower said, this is a coup, I mean, I, kind of, you know, I, I had to agree with the president. I mean, that, that's what I've been hearing. It really is hard to square how, this, uh, how Mark can say that, and yet you know, people can maintain President Trump's rhetoric is over the top. It, 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 yeah, so again, just to review for the average person who may not be following this, there's a lawyer out there who, went, who was once a CIA operative, goes to law school. He comes out. He represents the so-called whistleblower who no one has ever met, at least publicly we haven't seen him. And he's this gentleman who's on the show right now, Mr. Ray, searched old tweet, Twitters, I old tweets rather, and discovered that this same guy has said over the years that he is working on a coup against the president. Isn't that more or less what, what he said? He said in 2017, the, the month the President Trump took office, that a coup has begun. Uh, and he, is, he said that as, as he said, CNN will play. He literally said this. This is not me putting a spin on it. He said CNN is going to play a vital role in impeaching the president. And he went on to say that the, as President Trump fires people for defying him, two more will take their place. So people from within uh, will uh, replace people who President Trump fires. So he made those tweets as soon as President Trump took office. So that, that is what President Trump was mentioning in the rally on Wednesday. Um, he was saying, uh, you know, they've been planning, they've been mentioning a coup since well before the Ukraine call, well before even the Russia probe started. It's very interesting. I did a whole show on what Lincoln did uh, during his period of time, arresting newspaper uh, writers closing down papers, because when I heard Jeff Zucker's CNN was involved in this conspiracy or this coup, I was saying this seems very, very much like a conspiracy to destroy the presidency. Yesterday, Donald Trump gave a little speech, a, a big speech, and let's listen to it together, Jim. Play clip five for all of us listening uh, to the Savage Nation on the whistleblower's lawyer and what the president said. So the whistleblower is a disgrace to our country, a disgrace. 
and the whistleblower, because of that, should be revealed. And his lawyer, who said the worst things possible two years ago, he should be sued, and maybe for treason, maybe for treason, but he should be sued. His lawyer is a disgrace. Well, you're an attorney, and you know he can't be sued for treason because treason can only be committed during a wartime. But this lawyer could be brought up on charges of sedition, couldn't he? So sedition's tough because it's, it's, it's so rarely prosecuted. You saw this with Hillary Clinton, right? That was what the DOJ was saying with Hillary Clinton was, well, we don't prosecute this very often, so we don't know what to do. So the theory and the law behind it, it's just not my area of expertise, but I will say that there's different statutes that are implicated in what he's, what he, what's, what's been going on here. It's very, very interesting that nobody else is looking into it, um, but starting, starting relatively recently, we've been looking into it. Well, well, let me just say this, Mr. Ray. You are on the front lines of this war. You found this man's tweets. You've outed him. Any other sane society would have the man thrown off this panel immediately. They wouldn't be allowed to work for him. But I looked into seditious conspiracy in federal law without beating everybody up with it. The uh, Title 18 of the U.S. Code, specifically 18 U.S.C. 2384, says that it is a crime for two or more people within the jurisdiction of the United States to conspire to overthrow or destroy, it says, by force, the government of the United States or to level war against them. I would argue that the force of public opinion is a force that should be reckoned with. Yeah. yeah well, the, 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 the problem that we have, I think, with respect to public opinion is, and I've, I've, everyone I've interacted with since that story published uh, from the left and, uh, and, and even some from the right, I've gotten the impression that a lot of people quite simply do not care that he has tweeted about a coup. They have, I've gotten emails, I've gotten calls where people say, oh, well, you know, he said that, but you're just trying to distract from, you know, something else. And so it does concern me a little bit that people will see someone admitting to a coup and still, still sort of look at it through a lens of, well, you know, that's, Old tweets, who cares? You know, people people can are not... Well, he's admitting that he was involved in a coup. But to me, the, the most telling part, Mr. Ray, was his, his statement that CNN will be involved in this coup against President Trump. And he's a, that, is a grand, that is a grand conspiracy. And, and Brian Flood, who is a, a media reporter at Fox, took a look at this after the article was published. And he said, it's very interesting that Mark has appeared more than a dozen times on CNN since talking about CNN's role in the coup. So if you're a producer at CNN, these people do diligence. They'll go back and look, and they'll see he's saying, CNN, please use me. He'll even talk to actors. Rob Reiner, please use me. Cher, please use my whistleblower firm. It makes, he's very, it makes these open appeals. And he, he specifically said, CNN, basically, please, let's get a coup going. And, Mark, and Brian Flood, who's the media reporter, um, said he's, he appeared just like Michael Avenatti did. He appeared quite often on CNN. Um, and that just doesn't, you know, doesn't. We are talking about, look, the reason I invited you on the show is really simple. I think what you just did is a Pulitzer Prize winning thing in, in the journalistic profession. Greg Ray, R.E., was the man who dug up the old tweets of this lawyer, Zaid, who's a CIA operative with a law degree, who said in an earlier tweet that he's involved in a coup to bring down the president and he is in a conspiracy, in his own words, without using the word conspiracy, with CNN to do so. To me, that is investigative reporting of the best kind. 
I would ask you, do you believe this lawyer will be removed? You know the answer, and I do. By whom? Well, uh, two things about that. First of all, I appreciate what you said, but there's no excuse why open tweets would be hidden or not reported on for this long. I think that there's a lot of people who didn't want to know, didn't want to look, and I think that's the bigger concern. Why was nobody else looking at this? As for whether he'll be removed, I, I think that there's, uh, frankly, there's a there's an issue of whether or not the whistleblower and the, the Democratic uh, 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 people in Congress, the members of Congress, might pressure him to be removed because he might become a distraction. They might, at this point, say this is too much. That's a possibility we've been hearing about. Can't, you know, not 100 percent sure. But as for the legal legal issues, there's a separate possibility that if there have been laws violated with. I mean, there's quite a, again, it's, it's not my area of expertise, but I've been hearing about quite a few, then that would also be a reason for him to be removed as well. Well, I'm always worried when a CIA agent goes to law school and comes out of law school, what are they up to? I mean, all, you know what's odd here? Whenever, whenever anybody goes to law school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't say that because my attorney is an exception, as are you. There you go. Uh, uh, you know, the left has always been distrustful of the CIA going back a long, a long time in American history. Now they're embracing a CIA agent with a law degree because why? Because he was involved in a coup to bring down President Trump based upon false accusations, false, a for, uh, false allegations as well. I think that this could bring down the entire impeachment show if the Republicans have the guts to emphasize that this was an illegal act uh, by this attorney and in a cahoots with the media, mainly CNN, to spread false lies about the president because we've all read the transcript and there was never any pressure to make stuff up about Biden or Biden's son. The president never said dig up dirt. He never said make up dirt, rather. He said go into the corruption of Ukraine with regard to the Bidens. And from my point of view, it is a president's duty to the American taxpayer that when you're giving out foreign aid, that foreign aid should come with certain restrictions tied to it. It always does. It always has. Why would you give money to a corrupt nation like Ukraine without looking into the corruption of the vice president's son? What is wrong with that? I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't think that the president broke the law, but I think that Mark Zaid broke the law by being involved in a conspiracy with CNN to destroy the president through lies. And I think that if the Republicans could only grab this and run with it, they could bring down this entire impeachment campaign. But then again, I'm a dreamer. Well, you know, George Kent, the, the drips of testimony we've received, he's supposed to be a Democrat witness. George Kent, he's a career State Department uh, bureaucrat, was asked by the Republicans, is it bad to condition whether you give foreign aid to whether a country does corruption investigations? His answer was basically, no, we do it all the time. We're not going to give right. money. Every president does it. If you're going to give money to Thailand for military aid and you know that the certain elements of the government are corrupt, you're going to say, look into the corruption in this Thai official with America, for example, before you give them money. I want people to follow you if they haven't already, Mr. Ray. R.E., how do they follow you? Well, they can, if, I mean, at foxnews.com, that's where the, the articles go up. Uh, I have a Twitter account, uh, Greg underscore R.E., but... You know, Twitter, I, I got to say, is uh, it's amazing to see uh, the people who post on there. But I would just check Fox News because I think uh, uh, that's where a lot of action. Yeah, well, look, I post on Twitter and I, I see the idiots. I see the stuff they say. It's disgusting. Some of them are, ment are mentally insane. 
Uh, you know what I've been doing on Twitter to drive them away? I said, we know your name and we never forget. Uh, and and you be be very careful with what you're writing. We're never going to forget what you're writing. They do. You know, they get frightened when they hear that a guy like you can dig up old tweets. People could be crucified by their old tweets, Mr. Ray. Anyway, gr- great work. I nominate you for the Pulitzer Prize, if you will have it. Thank you for being with us on The Savage Nation. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. You've really shaped my behavior. Because from the day I came in here, I've had problems with phony stuff, like a phony dossier that turned out to be false, like false investigations that I've beaten. So a lot of my behavior was shaped by the fake news and by the other side. That was a lot of my behavior. The fact is that we created the greatest economy in the history of our country. Period. End the story. It's always a bread and butter issue. And most liberals who complain about Trump in public never had it so good. New car, a new Tesla, a new battery-powered house with subsidies from the government, free medical care. They never had it so good, and they know behind the scenes they're terrified of the communists who want to destroy the economy. And I believe that if Trump can hold strong, if he doesn't crack from all of this hatred and these lies, I think he could win by a landslide because there's not a candidate yet who can touch him, and I'm not the only one seeing that or saying that. Willie Brown. Lifetime Democrat says the impeachment thing is a fizzle. It's not going to work for them. And the proof is in the pudding. Here they're bringing up Bloomstein or Bloomquest or whatever. I don't know. The mayor of New York. Nice guy, I'm sure. Very successful Bloomquest. But he is being marched out because he's a businessman. And America wants a business person who can keep the economy going. Not a crackpot communist. That's it. Visit me at michaelsavage.com or at a savage nation. God bless America. Thanks for listening. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs>